I I feel like we are officially back though. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, yeah. Like it feels pretty, you know. There's not much debating it now. I think we could still like turbo nuke in the short term and then come back, but like, I don't think price is going up only. But uh Yeah, yeah every every possible back signal is happening at once, like for me. Um well, well, well. Look who joins. I was actually just like Hold on, your mic's either your mic's either not plugged in or it's really quiet. I can't hear you. Oh. We literally started recording and <laughs> CSG joins. Okay. Frisian, what were you saying? While CSG figures that out? Uh, every possible back signal is firing for me right now. Um, yeah. I think it's like really weird psychologically. Like, I feel like the biggest trigger for being back is that everyone decides that we're back. <laughs> but. I really think that that's what's going on. Um, it's kind of just like there's been enough pain and like enough innovation. And then there's like some catalysts that are converging, like the ETFs and interest rates topping um, and things like that. And so it's it's like basically I think the industry needs enough time to wash out from the last cycle and then enough catalysts that they're sort of like a reason to believe. And then like the industry plus a few people on the fringes kind of like go all in and then it snowballs from there. And that's like exactly where we are right now. Basically everyone in the industry is just like, okay, we're doing it now. (laughs) Um, So yeah, like, yeah, what that means about prices, I mean, we'll see personally. I think the Bitcoin ETF is like, mostly priced in i think there could be like a in the near term i think there could be like a big pop like in just some like volatility right around the actual approval but i think like in the near term the actual announcement is priced in um i don't know whether like the ongoing flows after that are priced in especially because i forgot to mention like the btc having is also happening is also coming up um so i think you know bitcoin over the course of next year could still have a lot of room to go but i think like the actual etf event in and of itself feels very like priced in at this point um but i think that's like bitcoin's like early movement is just the beginning right like there's a lot that's gonna happen price wise um but i think the bigger point especially for people who like are full-time in the space is just that like excitement and money is starting to flow back in right yeah yeah i mean i don't know like if this is a good thing or a bad thing but i've kind of been like in the past, you know, throughout the last year, whether it be because I just got fucked so hard trying to trade, but I've just like stopped caring a lot about price in terms of like an indicator of if, you know, the industry is healthy or not. Um, and that's not to mean like, like obviously if it was at zero, it would be completely, you know, worthless, but um, just been focused more on like building and using like, you know, interactions and conversations and projects that we're seeing being built as an indicator of the health of the ecosystem. Um, and that's been relatively like things have been going on, but, uh, 
more recently, I would say like uh, my indicator has just been like a lot of people maybe who were in the shadows or who, you know, went away for a little bit are starting to come back. There's a lot more excitement. Um, not a lot of doom on the TL, um, which again is, you know, a, a narrative thing, right? Like if it's kind of like a meme, it kind of spreads one person starts it and the rest kind of, you know, plus one that as it goes, but, um, it's been pretty energizing to see like, you know, a lot of the people come back, a lot of f- old friends shout out. I, I think like Logan was one a couple of nights ago. Who's like, um, if you follow any of us, you know, Logan cowboy hat, Logan on, on, on Twitter. Um, but also some others too, like just starting to come back, um, feeling re-energized by the space, re-energized about what's, you know, coming in the next couple of years. Um, yeah, feels, feels good. I like for it to tell, like who knows in terms of like price in the short term, but, uh, I'm very, I feel very energized and motivated for, you know, a lot of Q124, um, let alone the rest of the, the, the Qs in, in 2024. CSG, hello. Hey, thanks. How are we going on the mic? Better. That's perfect. That's Sweet. Weird. So good. Yeah. The, the vibes are definitely back. I, and that's like Virgin said, sort of what matters. Um, I, I think my main ticker is people on like, crypto twitter that are just like general crypto people but you don't know if they have a job or not are slowly starting to reveal that they have a job um which like they have stuff to shill basically and don't feel bad doing it which is a good thing it's it's always a tosser like does that person are this is this person employed and not in like a are they you know, did they lose their job yesterday? But it's like, is this person LARPing? <laughs> um, but now I think more and more people, it's like, oh, sweet. They're, they're at that company. Didn't know that. Um, but now I think now that we're, the vibes are back, at least people are feeling less, um, weird shilling online, which is a good thing to some degree. I've been seeing, I've been seeing so many positive Dow takes on Twitter. Like uh, a lot of, you know, the classic memes like uh, the bull run of 17 was this, the bull run of 19 was this, the bull run of 21 was NFTs, but what's the bull run of 24? It's like, um, I've seen a lot of like Dow takes, which is pretty exciting. You know, we agree with that. We've been saying it since uh, the end of the last bull run, but uh, I think they're poised for a massive, obviously we're biased, but I think it's poised for a massive breakout um, next year and, you know, the next 10 years. So. First, I didn't mean to cut you off. You had something to say. No, it's all good. Um, yeah, uh, governance is back on the timeline too. Um, there's been really healthy discussion around optimism's retro PGF round uh, that has been the voting has been taking place over the last two weeks ish. Um, and uh, yeah, there's been that's been like one of the main characters of the timeline is like you know who should be eligible for retro PGF funding? Who should you vote for? Um, there's been particular conversation around whether like VC funded companies deserve retro PGF funding companies with business models. Do they serve retro PGF funding big companies for small companies? Um, that's been like one of the main topics of discussion on the timeline. And uh, that that's, that's been good too. Cause I feel like there was kind of a little bit of a lull. um, in just like governance participation broadly across the ecosystem. Um, 
drama is good, you know, <laughs> like in a lot of ways, right? Um, it's like stimulates the ecosystem. So, um, curious what y'all think about retro PGF, like, uh, you know, tight tallies in there. Um, we certainly, uh, you know, are really grateful for anyone who supported us, but also just like generally has been a really interesting learning experience, uh, you know, for the ecosystem. So curious what y'all think about these, the discourse around optimism, retro PGF and just retro PGF in general. Yeah, I, I think the discourse has been, it's been good. Um, maybe just because I'm more like callous now to like the sensationalism of some of the way the tweets are uh, formatted. Like a lot of times I think like people like genuinely hate each other, but I realize it's just like, it's a way of uh, getting your, your message, you know, sent across and heard. Um, but it's definitely like challenged a lot of my beliefs on, on, not beliefs, but like understanding of the way funding works. Like we've talked in past episodes about like, what is PGF, like a retro PGF? What is it? Um, is it capital investment? Is it a grant? Like, you know, is, does retro, and, and then, then this cycle, it's kind of been like, is retroactive funding even an ethical or like realistic thing in regards to like, okay, you're, you're incentivizing people to work with, with the potential of no, reward in the end like it's essentially free work um and i'm not saying i believe any of this it's just kind of the things i've just been seeing on the timeline and kind of reading about and kind of understanding as a whole um it's definitely been an eye-opening experience in regards to you know seeing other people's perspectives not only from like uh okay it's very easy to see you know uh, venture-backed companies in red are in retro pgf rounds for instance like tally uh like very easy to paint them as evil because it seems like you're taking money from the small guy because the point is like to be able to fund these smaller teams that don't have access to to vc funding but i've also seen the you know the opposite side of that where it's like okay well pgf isn't necessarily capital right it's not investment there's no there's no dilution right um I don't know where I'm really going. I don't have like an end state in this, like what I'm saying. It's just been a very, like, I'm still in the process of understanding a hundred percent. Um, is, is it a correct model? What are the nuances of the model? Who are we helping? Who are we not helping? Um, does tally play a role in that? Does it not play a role in that? Um, and I think a big part of that is just like taking as much information in as possible, like left there. I'm sure someone will bring it up has been like, very vocal on Twitter and in, in terms of like standing up for some of the smaller projects and making sure people understand like, okay, here's the ideal version of our, our PGF. Like what's the point of it? Um, or like what he thinks the point of it is. Um, so yeah, it, it's just been a, it's been a large learning experience as someone who's relatively young and new to, you know, the, the capital space in regards to like funding projects. Um, but like talking with Frigid and talking with like Denison and people who have been in industries besides crypto. Um, it's interesting to see how like, this is just funding models that have existed for decades um, in different formats um, that are maybe a little bit harder for under, for people to understand because it's, you know, all with the crypto rail. So um, definitely it's a learning experience and in, in trying to understand a little bit more as time goes on. Um, but trying to approach it with a very like open mind, um, and making sure we're funding the, you know, funding the right projects and elevating the right voices. Um, 
because we want you know the ecosystem to thrive as a whole also like the whole debate of like what is a public good and what is not a public good right that's kind of like the core of it all uh and i feel like there is no right or wrong answer i feel like it's something that's very opinionated and maybe that's not the right way to be defining how to fund things i don't know very open-ended chu if you want to add on top of that or frigid respond um that would be wonderful but i feel like it's kind of uh i maybe i represent a lot of people in terms of like there's a few people that understand it very well and are very vocal on twitter and i feel like most people because like the tweets are very like a lot of people engage with them or like them but i feel like i represent a lot of people i'm like i don't know where to what to think or who to support or whatever and i just don't want to like be wrong or be you know crucified on on twitter if i have an opinion don't want to be crucified on twitter true um yeah i will echo you i think the more important debate is actually the one about what is a pg um in the first place but i think denison had a good take on twitter which i think others think too but it's like our pgf was meant to not just encourage non-VC companies to, uh, you know, continue going with their PG, but also to encourage VCs to invest in companies that are doing public goods. Um, and yeah, so my opinion is that VC-backed companies should be included in our PGF. There is the worry, though, that it, you know, like, like this all gets super convoluted and the winners of the rpgf are you know like uniswap and compound and sushi swap and then you're like what um (laughs) but but to be fair i think um as much as we like them like that that real that um that is probably more of a fantasy than a reality um but yeah, end of the day, I think they should probably stipulate further, um, like a portion of it for non-VC backed and a portion for VC backed, um, to stimulate and call one like a small, you know, like a bootstrapped, um, companies RPGF, I guess. Um, but one thing I think of is like when you're working at a VC backed, company um like it's it's exciting to get um funding regardless of whether uh your company is vc backed or not when you're just a worker um there and you believe in that vision and you care about giving a public good um you i guess you might not need it as badly um but as like a day-to-day worker it's frustrating to hear these takes that are like VC bad bootstrapping amazing where the reality at I've worked at VC backed and non VC backed crypto places is that when you're at like uh grinding on the daily the experience is not defined as by whether your company is VC backed or not um so it's tough to make that judgment call on the lived reality of many like people on crypto twitter but also like you know those people are actual workers um now now we've been revealed right um it's tough to make the judgment call just based on the way your project is funded um so until all these further things are like specified out i'm i'm pro vc backed companies being in rpgf but i get the fear i get the fear yeah, um, I think 
there's a lot of like related issues kind of to to the question of like what's a public good public good funding um a good like meta way to think about it is like what it is is how can we create more sustainable like businesses organizations DAOs in crypto because like <laughs> there's like layers to this right like first there are organizations that are trying to build like a sustainable organization around public goods funding right so the the key examples here would be gitcoin and optimism and like they have stretched the technical definition of public good i don't even know if the technical definition of public good is like you know a meme or not i mean everything's a meme but like <laughs> people say that a public good is um uh rivalrous and non-excludable um or maybe it's non-rivalrous and non-excludable if uh paul's listening to this he's probably like god such a such a library um but basically it's something that you can't monetize right like you you fundamentally can't monetize it not like you can't monetize it because you're a single developer and you don't have a business around it and you don't want to turn it into a business not that you can't monetize it because you want it to be free right like you actually can't monetize it like uh uh you know um and and so so uh so like the original meme is like how do we fund these things right like people believe that ethereum core development is like this um i don't know if it is or not but this is something people believe and so um you have people trying to use the meme of public goods to like build an organization who i i support i like gitcoin and and optimism right um but then then you have all these other projects in crypto who are like well, maybe I'm a public good because no one is willing to pay for my thing. And maybe no one is willing to pay for your thing because, you know, it's not actually valuable, but it also could be that people are just generally unwilling to pay for things in crypto. Like we've talked about this a lot on this, on this show. Um, you know, <clears throat> the reaction when Uniswap turned on their price feed was just like, I can't believe you would charge for your thing, right? Um, Etherscan is one of the, biggest businesses kind of in the ethereum ecosystem um they charge a lot for like if you're a new chain and you want to have either scan support they charge a tremendous amount for this and everyone is just like unacceptable how could they possibly charge a lot of money for their premium product <laughs> right and so like i think the ecosystem is also generally unwilling to pay uh <laughs> and so that raised the question of like okay well is that because everything that's being built is actually a public good or is it because you just don't want to pay for anything? And then it starts to look uh, hypocritical to be mad at VC-backed companies for requesting public goods funding when you actually don't want to pay for their thing. So there's like a lot of related issues here that have to do with just kind of like where this overall maturity of the crypto ecosystem is. Um and also the culture around crypto. And so that's why I think personally, I don't have a strong like black and white view on this. Um, there are some people in the space who just like believe everything should be a public good. There are people who think tokens are bad. There are people who think that no one's in charge for their services and they should just release meme tokens and try to capture value that way, like genuinely, right? Um, there are people who 
think all of that is stupid and everyone should build a sustainable business and retro and public goods funding, especially retro public goods funding is basically just communism. Like, and I think there's actually some validity to basically all of those opinions. <laughs> um, like, honestly, like I think there's important kernels of truth across the board. Um, but yeah, uh, to, to turn the point to like optimism, retro PGF specifically, basically my view is like, uh, any source of funding for people building important tools that make crypto more useful is good. <laughs> and so, so I like it. Um, and people should not be, uh, so harsh about like what does and doesn't qualify. Uh, because if you do, then those people will stop building an optimism, which is bad, which is what, which I think an important point is like optimism wasn't super strict about who qualified. And there's like definitely a reason for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think people are so unwilling to pay for things in crypto? I yeah, I definitely noticed that people assume things are free. I assume things are free. Whether or not that's a that's a comment on whether like I'd like to pay or other people would like to pay. The general assumption is using most crypto tools is free. I'm going to say something that will probably make like everyone mad. <laughs> the two biggest stakeholder groups in crypto are traders and engineers. And both of those people are no most of both of those groups are notoriously unwilling to pay a premium for things. I think that's actually like the biggest reason is like literally cultural. Like in B two B SaaS, selling to engineers is a huge no no for like a few reasons, but one of them is they don't like to pay for things literally. <laughs> and then traders, like their entire mindset is like everything is a zero sum game. We'll rip down all of the market inefficiencies to zero. And if you try to tell me I can't do that, you're an asshole. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So actually I like I really think we just need more people like us who are like, you know, <laughs> willing to pay for premium products. Like when people talk about like bringing non-technical people into crypto, like honestly this is an important piece of it. Like just normal people who are willing to pay for premium products, there needs to be more of them in the space like actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Cool. Well, relatively short episode this week, I think. Um I know Frisian's about to jump off to a talk on a panel because he's always just, you know, putting out work. Any uh, closing thoughts from the squad? I'll be in, uh, if you're listening to this, I'm in Miami right now. Come find me. I have some Tally merch. Um, I'll be here until Sunday. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, um, come find me. I'm excited to see everyone. Um, anything else, guys, before we sign off? CHG will be gone next week. So just me, me and Frisch, like the old days, the glory days. No, no, we good. What? Okay, CSG. Present. Yeah. Are you gone next week? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll be gone. Okay. I'm just saying those weren't the glory days. Now is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. All right. One Some day we'll look back the on these days. Studio. Yep. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. This is it's a way better with CSG. I think the whole time we were doing just me and Frisch, we we're always like, we need more people. It can't just be us. This is you know, like we need. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna no, we like re-listen to those episodes, and then yeah. the beginning of them is gonna be like, "Did you know that less sleep makes you lose testosterone?" And you're like, "I don't remember saying that." <laughs> and we're like, "Dude, that's oh. that. It just is. It comes out of your mouth when it's two dudes starting a pod." <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh Regardless my god. of topic. <laughs>
Uh, yeah. It really was that. that. It was just two dudes starting a pod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was All some right, focus. Cool. Well, there was some focus. We'll see you. Yeah. Yeah. All I you could say is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Um, we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.